You're watching Stockwatch this week. Welcome to it. I'm Zanati Guma. Let's wrap up the week in markets. Joining us are Mark Detoy from Oyster Catcher Investments and Roy Mutooni from APSA Asset Management. I want to start. I want to start with tech. And um, before we get get into the earnings, Twitter. Did you think that this day would come, Mark? Um, yeah, actually, we did think that uh, you know, would finally um, go ahead with the Twitter acquisition. And uh, I actually think it'll be good for the for the company going forward. I think, you know, he has, um, I mean, he has a passion for the for the for the business, and he certainly has the the right tech background. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing what he's what he'll do with the platform. Mm, yeah, lots of drama there, of course, with the sacking of the CEO, the CFO, and the 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 legal guy. Um, Roy, um, I mean, now there have been talks ahead of this that he might get rid of like 75% of the workforce. So there's quite a lot of nervousness around Twitter right now. What are your sentiments there? Of course, today the uh, New York Stock Exchange is delisting Twitter there. Yeah, look, it's, 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 it's been quite a soap opera around yeah. it. But just remember, I think Twitter, he spent probably half his net, well, net worth buying this business. So he's going to... He's going to be very focused. He's going to look at it with a very critical eye, um, and 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 I guess that's what to watch. That that's what we should be watching for. He denied the seventy-five percent thing, but he had said it previously. So mm-hmm. it's very unclear what he wants to do, how he wants to do it. Um, but he wants to be in the office daily. He wants to be the CEO, um, and he's committed a significant portion of his net worth. So. I guess let's let's wait and see. This is not going to be some sort of side business for him. Mm. I think it's going to be very core over the short to medium term yeah. while he shapes it his vision. Yeah, he wants to be in the office every day. I don't I wonder when the sink is going to leave the office. <laughs> um, let's go to Meta. I mean, uh, Roy speaking about Elon Musk spending half of his worth on the business, so he really has to make it work. And then you look at Meta, where Mark Zuckerberg really has to make the metaverse work. There's so many challenges. You have competition from TikTok. You have the ad sales challenges yeah. because of mm-hmm. Apple. And of course, you have all mm-hmm. the, the, the billions of dollars that are being invested into making the metaverse a reality. What are you thinking about the landscape when it comes to meta right now? I mean, the company's lost about 70% of, it, of its market cap in, in, in this year. Mark? So, so this is this this is okay. this is the transition from the dreamy days of free money to the times when money actually has a cost. Yeah. So for a long time, when um, the cost of money was zero, I think the market was more than happy to let these tech companies and these platforms dream about earnings and 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 arcane concepts like the metaverse and all of that in the hope that over time those things will be able to be converted from dreams into reality using the tech platform yeah but what you're seeing now is first of all because of the sudden rise in the cost of capital those far off earnings first of all um are being discounted at a higher rate and then the certainty around those earnings is declining so what we saw was a derating so the price of earnings came down because people weren't very sure those earnings were going to come. And then now what we're seeing is these guys disappointing on revenue, which mm-hmm. means some of the optimism on actual bottom line earnings needs to wear off. So a D rating, 
and lower earnings means massive sell-offs. And we're probably not at the end. And I think the sad thing, well, not the sad thing, the thing here is that you're seeing it across the whole universe. Mm. We've seen it with Tencent. We're seeing it with Meta now. We've seen it with all the others. That These platform companies that promised so much, mm. that did so well at the peak of the pandemic because everyone was locked up at home. But what we're realizing now is they were probably being priced as if all of that revenue would continue forever, when in reality it was as transient as they come. Mm. Uh, Mark, I mean, with the battering of these big tech companies, would you say that um, this disappointment in earnings was inevitable in the cycle? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose you can't say it was inevitable because, I mean, these are earnings numbers that many analysts have spent many hours putting together. So, I mean, the fact that they're missing the consensus earning numbers means that it's worse than what was expected by the market mm. on average. Um, I think that, you know, Roy is correct in saying that the multiple contraction sort of is largely in the base. You know, we've gone from ultra low interest rates to uh, a US interest rate, short term interest rate of 4%, which is actually quite, quite a high interest rate for, for that market. Um, but what, what, what isn't reflected in the share prices as yet is this um, risk of, of missing earnings. And typically, when they, when they start to miss earnings, it's not only a one quarter phenomenon. It takes a while for, for the earnings forecast to be re revised downwards. And I think that we'll see sort of two to three quarters where a lot of companies are going to miss earnings. And in the US, it seems like if you miss earnings, I mean, the market really punishes you yeah. quite severely. So expecting to see a lot of volatility. Um, maybe in a year's time, we look back and, the, you know, the share prices haven't gone down further on average. But in the meantime, they, they're going to they're going to move around a lot. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, sticking with you, Mark, I mean, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, this whole metaverse thing is also just trying to get away from the challenges that have been prevented, uh, presented by Apple. Do you think that this stock requires a lot of investor patience and for people who actually believe in Mark Zuckerberg? I think that, I mean, he is embarking on a on a serious journey. I think that a lot of people don't like the idea of kind of investing your cash into something that's so big and new and expensive. And it's going to be a while for the market to kind of buy into his vision if it, if it starts to work. So, um, I mean, the share price has been heavily punished already. Yeah. And of course, you could also say that in time, if the metaverse doesn't work, you could turn it off, stop spending the cash on it, and uh, I mean, then it'll be a very cash generative asset again, you know, Facebook and advertising revenues. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that it is a company that actually we should spend more time uh, researching because mm. there could be real opportunity either way if Metastock, if um, the Metaverse works or if you if you turn it off and you go back to a more cash generated business mm. mark actually spoke about how the market is so ready to punish stocks because of a slight missing expectation so we had amazon returning to double digit revenue 15 percent a slight miss on wall street expectations we had amazon web services revenue also following that trend but the concern here was that it grew at the slowest pace since 2014 Outlook for Q4 also disappointing, 
Advertising revenue, though, the only one that's surprised to the, outs uh, the, the upside, um, that actually went against what we've seen in the other tech companies. Uh, Roy, what did you take out of those numbers fr from Amazon? Look, my, my perception is, is exactly like Meta. The, the built-in compounding earnings revenue growth for a long period of time. We've always assumed that um, these, these businesses will generate tons of cash and the top lines will continue to grow. But what we're seeing is that in reality, a lot of it depended on the amount of capital they were able to, to deploy cheaply. Um, and, and the reality is, 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 is coming to roost now. So I guess the question, the first question the market asks is, are the valuation multiples appropriate? And very clearly, like Mark says, when when interest rates rise fourfold from one percent to four percent, um, the multiples must fall. And mm -hmm. if multiples are falling at a time when we have less confidence in the earning power of these businesses, or actually in their ability to compete in that world, then then not only does the multiple fall aggressively, but our earnings expectations fall, uh, and and, and share prices have to fall because they now start reflecting a new reality. We have to acknowledge we're in a new reality, a very different reality from what it was pre-COVID and during the, the COVID boom as well. And I think that's what you see in both of these companies' numbers. Mm, all right. I'm not going to go into Apple, but uh, they do seem to be the best performer out of the tech stocks this week, beating on the top and bottom line, falling slightly short on revenue on the iPhone, iPad and services. Um, there's a question here, um, ABNBev versus uh, Heineken. Um, why the difference in sentiment between ABNBev and Heineken? Of course, we saw Heineken under pressure earlier on in the week, uh, saying that they're seeing less demand in Europe. And then you had ABNBev surprising to the upside on quarterly earnings, um, acceleration in beer sales, raising its outlook. The divergence there, uh, Mark? Yeah, so, I mean, the... The real surprise was actually how strong um, ABNBev's um, re revenue growth was. Yeah. Um, you know, the company has reports in dollars, but its its earnings are in a multitude of emerging market currencies. So, I mean, we were expecting a bit more um, of a currency impact there. Um, and going forward, I think that um, you know now that we've seen commodity prices roll over. And we're seeing, um, you know, we're not facing the same kind of headwinds on the input pricing that we were a year ago for these companies. So now you're in a situation where your input costs could actually fall slightly. Yes, we are heading into recession, but recessions aren't typically too difficult for, for, um, for alcohol sales because people do tend to keep up their alcohol consumption. Um, so these companies are actually well-placed in an environment where we're facing kind of economic growth headwinds, um, they're going to get the benefit on the input side, they're going to have um, fairly, fairly predictable earnings. And the outlook statement from ABNB was also quite optimistic, saying that their medium-term um, guidance of, I think it was EBITDA growth of 4 to 8% is still intact. Mm. So I think that the outlook statement is actually what kind of set them apart from, from the Heineken um, Ah, All right. Well, gentlemen, unfortunately, we have run out of time. Uh, time flies when you're having fun. So let's get to your stock picks. 30 seconds each. Roy, what will it be today? 
Yeah, my stock pick for today is Bidvest. Um, Bidvest is a is an SA based conglomerate that earns 80% of its revenues in SA, 20% ex SA. The reason why I like Bidvest is in this market environment, you're looking for places to hide. They generate solid cash. They still have um, widening margins, and their international businesses are in defensive sectors such as hygiene. They're in the UK, and they've also just recently entered into. The Australian market, so that just shows me that over time you should see earnings continue to improve, and valuation remains cheap relative to history and relative to the market. To the market here, very solid management team as well. Mm, all right, and Mark on your side, I'm uh, picking TFG, the Fashini Group. So I think that um, I mean South Africa is not facing the same kind of rece recessionary fears that that um, the rest of the world is. We think that uh, the earnings are going to be more resilient than what the market's pricing at the moment. I think over the next three to four years, earnings can grow 10%, maybe even more, and you get a 5% dividend yield as well. So, yeah, we like uh, Fashini Group. Uh, all right. What was quite surprising to me, though, I think what was it two days ago, uh, even still yesterday, um, those retailers uh, were actually uh, under pressure. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for your time. Thanks to my guest, Mark Dutoy from Oyster Catcher Investments and Roy Motooni from APSA Asset Management.